0: Welcome to the Third Church Student Ministry Podcast. Hello, ministry leaders. We are taking a break from our normal podcast schedule. We're going to be doing a Q&A today. We asked our middle and high school student ministry leaders to give us questions on a wide range of topics, and we have compiled them here today. So we have myself, Brett, and Chrissy, and Katie, and Allie, and we are going to take turns answering the questions, but since we are in, you know, kind of a round table setting, we're going to um, add on to and intersplice our own uh, opinions on the questions, so it'll be a very uh, stream of consciousness type of podcast, I guess. So um, take it away, Chrissy.
1: Yeah, so the first question I have are, what are ways to minister to students in your small group who can't attend on Wednesdays? Um, and I actually have uh, that situation within my small group. And so I would say that it is showing up for them. So that's still attending, you know, their sporting events, if they're in choir band, because I think it's all about the building, the relationship, but. Um, because then the time, if you build that relationship, then I think there'll be more time for one-on-ones. it would be, feel more comfortable. Um, and then that's when you can do more of the ministry side of it after the relationship has been built with mm-hmm.
0: them. Totally agree. Yep.
1: Uh, anybody else?
0: Uh, one thing I thought, um, if if they... If they want to be there, but they can't for, you know, obviously middle Mm -hmm. school, this isn't as much of an issue. But so for high school, we, we literally just talked today about a student who had to work Wednesdays. And so if they want to be there, but they have something keeping them there, maybe sending them a, hey, tonight we talked about this or something so that they can feel a part of the group. If it's just they're a part of your group, but they just don't really care about coming that much. It's different, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, and how you communicate and how you keep them apart. Maybe it's just, Hey, we're going to get together this weekend and invite them over to your house kind of a thing. But if it's like, Ooh, I want to be there, but I can't, then I thought that might be an add on thing.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, another question was how do small group leaders handle conflict in their group to facilitate oneness and problem solving rather than switching small groups? And I would say that every situation is going to look different just as like every group is going to look different. um, I try to navigate it through like knowing my small group people, my girls. Um, and if I feel like there's a conflict that is affecting our group, I'll probably start with a one-on-one conversation, maybe outside of small group. And if it's something that's actually affecting the whole group, then bring that into small group and have a conversation in a small group. But sometimes it can be diffused, just having that one-on-one conversation that students just want to be heard too.
2: Yeah. I feel like another thing we talked about, Actually, just this morning was how much stuff our students bring into uh, the, the ministry night with us. and so just just being conscious of that, I think is is also helpful of you know they might be carrying actually um, a, a bad day, a bad test grade, a, a, a you know a sly comment from another student um, that then the scapegoat becomes is the small group. so just asking those questions to get to the bottom of bottom of the the root causes of those things. Mm-hmm. The next question also didn't have like a one size fits all answer. Um, how do we advise when students don't have a good relationship with, with their parents? And I think the, the first starting point for that could be to ask good questions, to learn learn more. Um, our students, as as you all know, they are just coming from all kinds of, of different backgrounds. And so about the only guarantee I think that we have is that um, they're their experience is not exactly like ours, and so the first the first step of just understanding, um, sitting on the curb side of life, so to speak, to um, understand what exactly their dynamic is, and I'll talk a little bit to the point of the extreme cases, um, but then, um, you know, as you're as you're listening to them, as you're understanding their context. Uh, Thinking through, okay, what's a good next step to promote a culture of honor? In the lives of these students and their parents, and so, um, and and that being being said, we realize you know we have some students who are just from uh, just really really hard and sad situations, and sometimes unfortunately, you know as well as we know, uh, students can sometimes be the scapegoat for those situations. And if if that is the case, that's that's the extreme side of of this question. If that is the case, there are there are things and places and in, in um, the church support systems that we would like to to know about and so um, you know if there's if there's abuse obviously if there's um, uh, if there's any um, I don't know, not lives at risk, but addiction behaviors, those those kind of things. Um, you know, obviously, we would want to know about those right away, as well as e- even if even if the parents are going through um, a hard time, and our pastoral st- care staff could step in and be an encouragement and a support in that. Um, that's you know, that's the extreme on on one side. Um, the other extreme, uh, you know, is is we have highly sensitive students, and um, actually the the. View Viewpoint of the student and the parents are are very different um, about a specific situation, and so that conversation um, is going to look a lot different as far as okay, so what can be a next step for us to honor your parents and and just continuing to move towards a culture of honor in in our homes and student ministries being a support of bringing family units um, together
3: and keeping them together. Mm-hmm. I think that's good, Katie, Because, and I think the perception versus reality. Because sometimes even we have highly sensitive parents yep. who then want to hover, and they want that from their student, and their student's like, I'm learning to be autonomous. And that's actually the goal of parenting. Like, we mm-hmm. want to raise mm-hmm. up people that can be autonomous. But I think, yeah, the perception versus reality, which is so hard to figure out in an hour a week, you know, mm-hmm. or, right. or two hours a week.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, And I think... I mean, across those three questions um, that we've had already and across other questions, part of the answer is the more that you know your student and their family situation, the better you can lead them and guide them and point them towards Jesus. Mm Because I think a lot of times uh, we find out that they've done everything they could to try and fix a situation themselves um, and then... We're, we're there to point them towards Jesus, I think, is one of our biggest roles, so.
3: Mm-hmm. All right, the next question was, what are some good ways to invite slash encourage students to invite their friends? Is there a cheat sheet for this convo? And I think that when I first read it, the, the thing I was most excited about was that that is such an evangelistic heart and... Um, we don't do that well, <laughs> like if I'm honest. I don't feel like as a ministry, we have done that well for years. Uh, and I think most of that is because the the perception is, well, Pella is a Christian town and everyone's plugged in somewhere, so we don't really need to invite people. When the truth in that, even with our church series, us being in exile, that, that might be an assumption, but do people actually have a real encounter and a real relationship with Jesus? So, long story short, I... I, so I think for us, that's a challenge, and I'm so thankful for the question because, yeah, we're seeing more new students come in, but at the same time, we how do we encourage small groups to be places that are open and can still be safe? How do we encourage leaders that this is not a closed only my group. And Mm -hmm. so there's so many factors in it. And so I think a piece of it is reframing thought that there is a whole harvest that is yet to be harvested. And if Jesus is your most precious relationship, well, you want everyone to know and encounter him. And so I think framing it up that way. But I think as a leader um, and for other leaders, I think the hard part will be getting past the idea that this is only my Plan right. my group yep. because one of the things we run into oftentimes as staff is groups become very clicky and it's very it's hard for anyone new to come in and be a part when it's a click and so those are some of my thoughts. Mm-hmm. I, what do you what do you guys think on I th- that?
0: I think one one of the things I keep finding when when we talk to leaders is there's a lot of stuff that is helpful to establish at the beginning of the year. Um, at the beginning of the semester, even potentially. And so if we are able to give the tools to the leaders and say from the front, like, hey, this is your group, Mm -hmm. that does not mean that this is the group that you're going to have forever and always, you know, we we want people to want to be here and to try it out and to come and so your group could look. So I think part of it's on us to to just make that clear that, Mm -hmm. hey, just because you only see these six names on the paper doesn't mean that that's how the group's going to look forever, too.
3: And probably even we will celebrate if this group grows, you know, Mm because I think sometimes the fear in it is, no, I don't want it to grow, though. But, like, no, that's a celebration. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a celebration for people to know Jesus. We should be excited about that. So, And then also going— going
2: at that, too, for for leaders, understanding that when there is a new student that comes in, the dynamics are going to change. And so, you know, if if all of a sudden your students aren't going as deep and as far as what maybe you used to go before this new student... some of the other students might be be playing it safe, and mm-hmm. that's okay. Yes, you're, you're rewriting yes. the new norm for for your group, yes. and that's a that's a good thing. Um, but I was just thinking back to this specific question of um, good ways to invite and encourage. I think I think too if we can continually uh, help students frame the story of this is this is what's happening, and so they're sharing they're sharing testimony that yes. we're you know yeah. we're we're having that compelling like mm-hmm. you know. My life is changing because of right. and helping them helping them to share the story. Then that that invitation there's just a curiosity there, and I think you know every every student every person is is looking for that right mm-hmm. right like okay so what does God think of me mm-hmm. what do, you know and mm-hmm. and so if we if we have if our students have answers to that based on what they're experiencing because we've helped reframe the story. Um, it's just a natural mm-hmm. invitation, a natural curiosity, mm-hmm. I think, that gets um, fed.
0: Yeah.
3: What are some of the best testimonies you've seen at youth group or on a Sunday morning? How is that for a transition into that? Yeah, yeah. I know. There you go. Um, nice. <laughs> I think that is a place where we, this year in particular, and yes, we have a bigger freshman class, but uh, we have had all year, an unbelievable amount of students that are still coming in as brand new people. And I think part of it is the ripple effects of testimony. And I think people just sharing and or seeing new lives. And so um, some of my favorite testimonies that I've heard throughout the last four years are, one of our senior guys, our first year, we We did with senior night four years ago. We asked all the seniors just to share, like, what's the Lord been doing? And at that point, Nick Corbin was here. And I remember I was going to cut it because no one was talking. And he looked at me and said, give it a second. And all of a sudden, a senior guy stood up and he said, I had an encounter with Jesus while I was uh, working in the fields and farming. And all of a sudden, Jesus was in the middle of the field and we would have never heard that story wow. j- if we hadn't mm-hmm. have posed this testimony night. And we just wanted students to share, where have you experienced Jesus this past year? And I, th- all of us kind of just sat in awe. But sometimes we just have to sit in the place of silence to let the Lord even bring courage to someone's heart to share that. Because that's a really that's vulnerable good. place mm-hmm. to share that. The other one... Um, was our Scarred series we did a few years ago. And we really allow, we first coach students on what does it mean to hear people's stories. Everyone has a wound somewhere, has a scar that has left a mark. We can't judge each other's stories because sometimes when we're sharing a testimony or a story, and I'm specifically using story because testimony I think sometimes is considered only faith-based. So kind of story, a loaded yes, word, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. yes. So, but they're just their encounters, their stories with Jesus, their journey with Jesus, um, and how do we ha- hold that well and not judge and not think poorly even about ourselves. So long story short, we allowed a structure of—we gave them a lament to go through of, this is the scar I felt, this is who—this is what I was feeling, and this is who God is in the midst of that. And then we were able to pray blessing. But man, I remember that night, and I we had so many leaders afterwards even say— my group prayed over me, like, mm-hmm. and that was such a significant, like, it was even just one lines, like one sentence stories, but the significance of being able to be vulnerable for a second was huge for groups. Sweet. And so so that goes into the next one. Um, how do student testimonies get shared via teaching at CORE? And that is a great question. We have done it a few times. We always do it senior night. We try to provide spaces in house groups, and I would say even the mix uh, does this, where we provide spaces of like, okay, so what are you hearing from the Lord? What is the Lord doing? Mm-hmm. How are you encountering God? Um, it, if I'm honest, that's a little bit of a risky place because— we want to bring glory to God and make God famous and not us famous in the midst of that. And so it's risky because when you have a group of 200 plus people in a room where there's no structure and you're asking a question like that, then you're ri- it's risky because you're trusting that the Lord will show up and provide a story that isn't about self if that makes sense. So, long story short, we don't we don't have a ton of places where that happens. We have done one video series again it was Scard where we had students share their testimonies on video. And I actually think it was because of that that it opened the door for other students mm-hmm. to share their testimony. So, I think that's a place we can look into doing even more.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's a pretty common theme when it comes to sharing stories, testimonies that somebody kind of needs to be that first brave soul mm-hmm. and then the, f- and then there's a little bit of a domino effect. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I agree.
1: I think one of the most powerful nights that we've had was when we had, when we prayed for, we had a scribble tile and we were asked to pray to the Lord to give us a word that started with that letter. And then once, yeah, we had the students share and once one student got up, we ended up having to do it several different mm-hmm. nights because yep. th- and he just watches God moves and speaks to our students and, yeah, they're excited to hear from him. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. What's, I remember that was very, uh, you know, you had the, uh, the ones that are like, okay, similar to what Allie was sharing. Okay. Is that about God? Was that about you? Do you want to, and then, you know, you, okay, watch your, check your heart. Mm-hmm. Don't just, don't just assume mm-hmm. anything, right. you know, that they're, they're growing. This yeah. might be the first time they've ever even been asked to think like this. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. give them space to, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, to, to work that through.
2: Grace-based. space. Mm-hmm.
0: right, and I might need uh, Allie's help on this one because um, the, the middle school ministry doesn't do a lot of this. Um, how do you increase community among different groups and grades? So the mix is very much based either by grade or by gender. So there's like guy outings or there's sixth grade outings or something like that. So I guess different groups um, we do do uh, in, in middle school, especially um, mixed nights for sixth graders, seventh graders, and eighth graders, and then we have uh, Christmas parties, and then we do events during the summer. Um, but uh, I mean, one one idea I do have, if so, let's say you're a sixth grade girl group, and you want your girls to get to know some of the older girls, you could always coordinate with another small group to do, um, you know, a movie night or whatever you want to do. Maybe mm-hmm. not movie night because you're not talking that much, but. A game night, something outside, something fun um, to get to know somebody else. But I don't know. What do you think, Allie, for what's the high school version of that?
3: Forced family fun. <laughs> I think is a little piece of that. But I, I, as much as I say that a little tongue-in-cheek, but I think there is a piece of, like, the sweetness of house groups is that we're a family and we are forced into being a family. And so even if that takes weeks of icebreakers, but just having some different connection points. So some of the things I'm hearing this year, there is a house group that has upperclassmen, two groups, lower classmen, two groups, and they actually have groups of four based on upperclassmen, lower classmen. So they are prayer groups, really. So they kind of did a speed dating-esque thing, their last person, then they all came together and they split them to groups of four and they are each other's prayer warriors, which I think is just a really sweet way of doing that. Um, You know, one of the creative things about house groups is that there is small group time allowed in that. And this is me speaking, but I think it'd be okay if you took a week or two and even mixed everyone up, like have combo conversations with the girls' groups together, the guys' groups together, and allow just space for some of that to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But Katie, you were a point person. How did you get your group to mesh so well?
2: Yeah, I think in the beginning of the year, we were pretty intentional about those icebreaker, whether it be um, card games or the the. The questions from the book that you had you had provided, um, and then after that, after some time of intentionality of, of mixing the the genders and the grades together, um, then then conversation became just uh, a little bit more natural. And then that hangout time mm-hmm. before things get got started, you would watch um, in the beginning of the year. It would be isolation of mm-hmm. those different genders and grades. And then you just watched as the year progressed, just like in a classroom mm-hmm. or, or in a family situation, mm-hmm. just natural rela- relationships. And um, yeah, the hope and prayer is that carries over into the high schools and into the schools as, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. I think also as leaders, that's a place where we can help because we can, it's so fun to connect with each other and want to have conversations with each other. But I think that's a place when we show up and students start showing up, then instead of staying connected to leaders, we can start engaging one and like students with each other. And so Mm -hmm. if you start a game of a card game and you can say, hey guys, come on, let's all do this or whatever, I think that's a way leaders could help in that too.
2: Yeah, that's good.
0: Mm -hmm. Totally agree.
2: Yeah. Well, speaking of engaging, the next question: How do you connect with one of your students who is just there to be with friends? Isn't that that's a great question? And I'm actually going to go um, maybe a little bit out of left field, just from from personal experience here, and and just mention in this part, uh, my my initial answer to this question would be to start with good self care, and so um, what I what I mean by that is you know, whatever your Wednesdays or your ministry days hold prior to, um, sometimes if you can be intentional about cutting off or um, kind of releasing whatever it is that needs to be released. Um, When I was, uh, I did children's ministry Wednesday nights for several years. And so I would be home all day with my kids and, um, you know, to be intentional about on my way to church, just mm-hmm. just sticking in two or three songs and worshiping. Um, now, my own kids are a little bit older, and even though... Uh, you know, I'm in ministry, and and sometimes mm-hmm. people think that we just get to sing kumbaya uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> together all day, and it is it is great. Mm-hmm. But we have some really hard Wednesdays where um, we we were not expecting some of the things to walk through the door um, that that walked through the door. And so, um, and now that my own children are a little bit older, you know, I like my my best Wednesdays are usually if I can get a good run mm-hmm. or walk in from work per se into into Wednesday night ministry and then as I as I do that is um, I am I am able to just just pray and mm-hmm. and see better and so uh, if, if there are if there are students that are just there to be with their friends mm-hmm. or who um, I just I ask the Lord for what he sees mm-hmm. um, first of all in in them and and then also in in my part in that Lord, what is it that you want me to uh, to call out in in them? I love. Um, I was working on a, a study the other day, and you know, uh, Gideon was hiding in fear, and the Lord came to him mm-hmm. and said, "You great brave man, you you man, you're a man of valor." And um, so. God calls out mm-hmm. in us what He sees while we are still kind of in that muck and mire, and I think that's that's the opportunity that we have is we get to call that out in our in our students. Um, you know, this this is what this is who you are actually in the Lord, and call out those things that that um, only we can see um, because mm-hmm. we are we are in Christ. And then I'm going to go back and in where I started. Uh, that that I can only do that if I am in good good space mm-hmm. coming into yep. into mm-hmm. ministry mm-hmm. ministry time. Mm-hmm.
0: Can't what's the tr- what's the phrase? You can't give away what you don't have. Can't give away that yeah. Kind of that's another way of mm-hmm. saying you can't saying pour out that. if you're not filled up yourself. Kind of mm-hmm. thing.
3: Mm-hmm. I also think though we just don't know what the Spirit's doing. You yep. know, like they mm-hmm. might be here for their friends, or that's the assumption. But ma'am, when Holy Spirit is always active Mm -hmm. and we're trusting and we believe he's always active, always on pursuit, then all of a sudden one week they can look up and say, can you tell me more about Jesus and how to have a relationship Mm -hmm. with Jesus? Mm -hmm. Because that happened at CORE a few years ago at a house group where the assumption probably would have been this student was there for their friends and they pulled their leader aside at the end of the night and said, I don't know that I have a relationship with Jesus. Can we talk about that? And that leader got to lead him to Christ. Wow. You know, like, and mm-hmm. so you just don't know what the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. like, what may, it's almost as if the enemy might be trying to distract us and create fires, but the Lord is planting all the time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I like that, Katie, though, like. It's a good word. Well, just to be even self-care in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: The next one is an easy yes Will we do Love Pella again? Yes, we are going to do Love Pella. And uh, coming out soon, so you Mm -hmm. will hear Allie and Brett and Chrissy talking about this. We actually are developing Love Pella packets, and so... Um, what you'll be able to do is, if you if you would like, if you and your small group or house group would like to engage in another Love Pella project, um, you can you can work through a packet that we will provide for you, and um, we will be in in contact with you on kind of the lo- logistic side side of things. So. And thank you for all the ways in which you yeah. uh, poured out into mm-hmm. that into that <laughs> that's project. It. That's a yeah, quick, that's one that has ripple effects. Yeah, that's right.
0: Quick plug if you haven't seen the Love Pella recap video on on is it the core? On I YouTube. It's on Core's YouTube page. Core Third Church. Core Third Church. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, definitely check that out. But um, ask ask your I mean, obviously, it, most of you listening to this were a part of Love Pella, but. There are some awesome stories out there of what what the what the Lord was up to that night. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, next question: How do you build one-on-one connections in the midst of Wednesday nights? Um, in my opinion, there's two ways that you can answer this. If if it's how do I using Wednesday nights um, build one-on-one connections? I think um, you know each each ministry, middle and high school has a lot of time at the beginning to get to know Mm -hmm. and um you know there's there's free time to have those one on one connections obviously if the student isn't coming early then that's tough you can always stay for a couple minutes afterwards um and then uh core there's more there's more uh hangout time built into it um so that's that's one part if the if the the other angle of this question was how do you build one-on-one connections with your students? Kind of in general, hmm. I would say that it it has to be it's kind of an outside-in yeah. type of a reality. I've heard so many leaders say, you know, hey, things were tough during small group. You know, either the kids were talking over each other, or it didn't felt didn't feel like we were making connections, and then they had the kids over to their house or they, mm-hmm. yeah. um, you know, just that kind of stuff. They could see a change in their yep. group. Which, yeah, you can translate that kind of like macro to the micro of the one-on-one there. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and like I said, the thread through a lot of these questions is the better that you know your group and Mm -hmm. their family dynamics and their friend dynamics, the better you can minister to them and show them where in the midst of maybe some hard situations the Holy Spirit is active and um, Mm -hmm. maybe they're just looking in the wrong spots for some of those things. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, we... Fully encourage one-on-one connections, and yep. so there's many different ways mm-hmm. that, that that can take place.
2: Mm-hmm. I think too. This time of year, um, even going back to those all about me sheets, mm-hmm. right? That you've that they filled out, yep. they completed, and, and just kind of just that refresher of like, okay, mm-hmm. so this person's favorite, you know, whatever uh, candy, or this person's favorite movie, you know, mm-hmm. those those kind of things, and just that mm-hmm. um, refresher. Mm -hmm. yep
0: alright and then um, this one kind of has a similar vibe to it this is our last question for today Uh, with so many distractions today it's getting increasingly harder to hold a middle schooler's attention how do you hold their attention so they can learn listen and grow Um, yeah like I said similar to what I said before I think if you um, spend the time to get to know them then you will so like say you're looking at the small group questions during small group time you're like i know johnny to my left is not going to connect with this mm-hmm. so then you have the freedom to take it in another direction or if you if you feel like for the goal for that night is you want them to know this one thing oh i just hit my microphone sorry guys this one thing about scripture Well, if that's your goal, then you can take a roundabout way to get there rather than just, all right, let's Mm -hmm. read it right now. Um, Mm -hmm. So, But if you just started with your small group, you might not feel confident that you know how to interact Mm -hmm. with them yet. Mm -hmm. So um, one encouragement I have is that this is not a quick process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, it can be if you spend one-on-one time with them every single week for a semester. You're like, well, I got (laughs) to know them really good. But um, in most people's schedules, it takes time to... Um, have those large group events. There's one-on-one events. So um, know that it's a process. Know that um, Mm -hmm. we all know that it takes time and uh, that don't feel like, oh, I'm not there yet, Um, which is why we ask leaders to make long-term commitments with their groups because that's just a reality. That's Mm -hmm. not something that happens overnight. So um, the better you know your students, the better you can cater to what they need. Mm -hmm. And then hopefully you know, okay, Timmy, if we try and do deep, serious discussion for more than 15 minutes, there's going to be a drop-off. Yeah. So mm-hmm. maybe try not to go longer than that. Or, you know, just so the more you know, the better you can minister. Mm-hmm.
3: I also think that, you know, like our small group questions, I'm sorry, this is going to be a big challenge. But like if you're just looking at them as soon as you arrive, I would highly encourage looking at them ahead of time. Because you know 100%. your group better than we do and we're giving questions as a framework but if those questions aren't going to work yeah. and you know how you obviously have the greater authority in that and so well I hope that's obvious please know you have the greater authority in that yep. and your you group. can totally reshape the questions in a way that you know will draw conversation yep. out of mm-hmm. your students
0: or not use the questions at yes, all exactly. if your group if they nailed on something during the teaching that they
1: heard mm-hmm. go for it yeah yep mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's something to asking really good, like that's similar to a lot of these uh, yeah. questions that you've asked, like asking good questions right. leads to connection right. and um, it makes your kids feel seen, your students feel seen and known. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, ask good questions.
3: Mm-hmm. And it's OK to not have answers. Yes. We're absolutely. all in
1: process. Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. I like the idea too of, of answering this question. What would a successful small group look like in mm-hmm. your eyes? Mm-hmm. And kind of defining that for yourself. And then it's a we want this to be uh, just as enjoyable for you. I mean, we realize yeah. that there's there's ups and downs and, and that kind of thing, but uh, setting setting up those boundaries mm-hmm. um, with your small group and so that you can you could get to a place where it's enjoyable, that's okay and that's mm-hmm. that's welcomed. Um to to have those expectations um of your mm-hmm. of your group there. Now I mean with the obviously with the mindset of of what the potential is for mm-hmm. your group. You know, yeah. if you if you have a student that can't sit sit for more than fifteen minutes. Right. You know, but mm-hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. by and large, um, Mm -hmm. to, to have boundaries in in your group. So it's a, a good experience for all involved. That's okay. And, Mm -hmm. and just know that we will support you in the boundaries that you set up for your small group for sure. Mm
3: -hmm. I wonder if in addition to that, like what does, how did you say it? What is a good small group in your eyes?
2: Yeah. What, how would you answer the question? A good night in small group would look like dot, dot,
3: dot. And I wonder if like we answer that as leaders, but then we also bring that question to the Lord and say, what's a good small group in your eyes, Lord? Because I know for me, sometimes I can be so task-driven and the Lord's like, I was doing so many other things, you know? Like, mm-hmm. And because sometimes, not sometimes, the Lord's perspective is so great. And he, he knows every story better than we do. And mm-hmm. so I just wonder if the both end could be really mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right. Well, Hey guys, this was the first time we've done this. I think it was awesome, and I really enjoyed Let's th- do it knowing. Again. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, encouragement to you, leaders. Send a text, send an email to any of us about a question that you want us to answer on a future uh, podcast. And when we get um, a few put together, we'll we'll come back as a team and do the best we can to give you some insights. So uh, thanks for joining us. And uh, starting in March, we will be back with our. Uh, podcast series on the book, It's Personal. So join us then. Thanks. Thank you for joining us on the Third Church Student Ministry Podcast. We hope this has been a blessing to you and to your ministry.